Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Be a part, get plugged in. All right, how many of you are ready for the Word of God? Amen. Amen. Well, they started my counter like five minutes ago, so I'm going to add five minutes to that because I haven't started preaching yet. All right. As I said, we're going to kick into a brand new mini-series, a two-week series on missions. Why do we as a church, why does Encounter Church believe in missions? The answer is very simple, because God commanded it. It's the very heartbeat of God. He instructed us to go to make disciples, to change the world for him. Therefore, missions is not just something that we do. Listen carefully. Missions is not just something that Encounter Church does. It's who we are. It's at the very core of our existence. It's why we exist. We are here today not so we can have a place to hang out. We're here today not so that we can punch the religious time card. We're here today to fulfill the mandate that God said before us. We're here today to complete what Jesus began while he was here on earth. That's missions. Look at our text, Matthew chapter 28. It says, therefore, go. Look at your neighbor and say, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Now, look at this. Jesus is speaking here. And he gives us this command, this mandate, that we are to go and make disciples, that we are to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, we're not to hide it, we're not to bury it, we're not to camouflage it, we're not to pretend that we're something else when we're in this situation or that situation, but we are to live a consistent life with Jesus, for Jesus, even in the midst of a dark world. But Jesus says this, here's what I want you to know. As you go out to fulfill this calling to make disciples, to raise up followers, I think it was Pastor Luke a while ago that says, to make Jesus famous. Man, as we go out to do that very thing, the good news is we're not alone. Jesus said said this, and be sure of this, I am with you sometimes. Is that what it says? No. No, Jesus said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, this year's theme for missions for the Assemblies of God globally is this, all for Jesus. I want to take some time this morning to really dive into this thought of all for Jesus. What does that mean to you and to me here in Sedalia or Warrensburg or the surrounding area? Well, let me give you a little backstory. The year is 1914. Anybody around then? Just checking. 
In 1914, a group of Pentecostal leaders decided that they wanted to join together in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Now, out of this meeting that began as a three- or four-day prayer service or prayer meeting, birthed what we know today as the Assemblies of God. Now, why am I taking the time this morning in a mission service to tell you about the beginning of the Assemblies of God? Because I want you to know that missions is not something new. It's not jumping on the latest fad while everyone else is doing it, so we've got to do it. And by the way, if you're new to Encounter Church, that's not how we function. We don't want to do what everyone else is doing. We want to be different for the kingdom of God. We want to follow God's call for us. We don't want to just necessarily do what they're doing. But missions is God's heart, and it it began long ago. Now, as of today, the Assemblies of God is passionate about loving God and loving people. Does that sound familiar? That's part of our mission, love, love God, love people. As of today, there are 3.2 million individuals that call the Assemblies of God their home church in the United States and 69 million worldwide. We believe in reaching the lost. We believe the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that includes missions. All for Jesus. What does that mean to us today? Well, as I began to process through this theme and tried to figure out what do they mean by all for Jesus, I really thought we could look at it from two different angles. First off, all or everyone for Jesus. So we got to do everything we can to reach everyone. And the second thought is this, everything, all or everything for Jesus. So either everyone or everything, but regardless which way we look at it, we are called to give 100% for the glory of God. Now, it would be easy for you and I to sit here today and say, well, that's great for them because they were called to the mission field. It's great for that group because that's what God put upon their heart, but God has not called me to be a missionary. God hasn't called me to some third world country someplace. God hasn't called me to the remote tribes in Africa. God hasn't called me to to that vein of ministry. Therefore, I don't have to do any of this. Can I just share with you today, there is nothing true about that statement whatsoever. According to our text this morning, anyone that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if you've taken a moment to say, Lord, come into my heart, come into my life, I want to follow after you, we are now a disciple of Jesus Christ. We now have a mandate, a calling to do more than just show up and go through the routine. But for too many years, that's what the church has done. We've just come in and fulfilled our obligation. Raised their hand when people raised their hand, stood up when people stood up, sat down when people sat down. But when we left this building, well, I'll see you next week. But nowhere in the Bible does it say that our walk with Jesus Christ, that our journey as a Christian is a one day a week adventure. But it's a lifestyle. It's what we do 24-7, all 
for Jesus. Every one of us are called to go to share this great news with everyone possible. Why? All for Jesus. That means God may be calling you to go physically and be a part of missions, to become a missionary. Maybe God is calling you to give financially, to support our missionaries. Or perhaps he's calling you to simply pray. The greatest thing we can do is pray that God would lead, that God would guide, that God would give favor to every one of our missionaries. After all, we have at our possession the greatest knowledge in existence. Did you know that? As a Christian, as a, a believer, we hold in our hands the greatest information. It's greater than the cure for cancer. It's greater than a solution for COVID-19. It's even greater than the answer for world peace. You see, the knowledge that we have is the good news of Jesus Christ. Why is that the greatest news? Because it not only affects the here and now, but it affects all eternity. It changes someone's eternity forever. I stated a moment ago, but as a church, here in the Sedalia campus, we support 57 missionaries or missions works. At our Warrensburg campus, they support 13 missionaries or mission work. In fact, as we were talking about this acquisition of the Warrensburg campus, one concern of theirs was what happens to our missionaries? And I said, we keep supporting our missionaries. Why would we stop supporting our missionaries? So we now have 70 missionaries or missions projects that we as a church support. Praise the Lord. Now, these missionaries, they range from those in the remote tribe in Africa to those that work on our university campuses across the nation. We call that Chi Alpha. It's a campus ministry. And by the way, be praying with us. We're trying to get a Chi Alpha going in Warrensburg. What an impact that would make on the young people of that community. We have missionaries in South America we have local missionaries. I believe that we need to support locally. I believe we need to support globally and everything in between. We have missionaries in Germany, in Slovakia. We have those that reach bikers across the United States. We have missionary, a missionary in the Missouri State Capitol that prays for and holds Bible studies with our senators and representatives in the Missouri State Capitol. Isn't that awesome? Absolutely. We have a brand new missionary, you're going to hear from him this morning, that he invests in law enforcement. He's the very first AG missionary, Assemblies of God missionary, that's, that is supporting and is therefore our local law enforcement officers. We have missionaries in areas that we can't disclose this morning because they're in dangerous, dangerous places. We have missionaries that are missionaries to orphans and adoption. We have those that are missionaries to add addicts and those that are broken. We have missionaries that invest in the inner city. We believe that all need to be reached. Why? All for Jesus. So today, I'm going to take some time. It's going to be a little different message. Normally, I have like three points to this or three keys to that or whatever. This morning, I just want to give you some information. You're going to hear from two of our missionaries, one of them via video and the other in person this morning. 
but I'm so proud of our missionaries. I talk to our missionaries all the time, and some of them, they'll call in, or they'll stop by, or we'll go grab a cup of coffee, and we just get to hear their heart of what God is doing. I love those moments when we can gather together and just hear what God is doing on the other side of the world. But I want to take this a step further. I'm proud of you. You see, without your faithfulness, without your giving, these 70 missionaries that we support as a church would not be able to be supported. Why? Well, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. In 2020, as a church, just this campus, I didn't include Warrensburg because they weren't part of us last year, but just this campus, we were able to give over $65,000 to missions. Now, I don't have the rock-solid numbers yet. What I have is up till third quarter, so there are some monies that aren't allocated for from the national office yet, so I'll find those numbers out. I'll try to give you an update next week, but at this moment, we're over sixty-five thousand dollars that this body of believers was able to give to missions. I'm so excited about 2021. As we dive into a, a brand new community, as we have this addition of 13 new missionaries for us. But here's why I said that, that we need you. We depend upon one another. See, our missions giving as a church doesn't come from the general fund. Let me explain how this works. So, so when you give your tithe, that goes into the general fund that, that pays for the lights and the air and the heat and the staffing and all of these other entities around the church. But then we have these other categories, and one of those other categories is missions. We believe that missions should come from us individually, you and I giving above and beyond our tithe. God's people that accept that call or that challenge to do what God has called us to do. So we give so that all have the opportunity to have a change of heart for all eternity. Our missions giving should be, as I stated, above and beyond our regular tithe and offering. So next week I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a one-year commitment. Again, that's what this card is. Be praying about what God would have you to do. Now, some of you, that's new information. Some of you came from the Warrensburg campus and you, you've kind of become part of Encounter Church over the last several months. We do missions a little different. Missions 100% comes from our missions fund. Now, let's break this down a little bit. The word all, all for Jesus. The word all by definition is defined as the whole or entire or total amount. In other words, no one or nothing is left out. If all are truly going to be reached for the glory of God, if all are going to be given an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ, then we all must do our parts. We must pray for our missionaries. Yes? We must pray for our missionaries. Man, I'll tell you what, guys. These folks are in dangerous places. And sometimes if they're not dangerous, it's just rough. We went on a missions trip to uh, Honduras just a couple years ago. Man, I was beat by the time we got done. The first three days, we had no electricity. Every night, we hung our hammocks or whatever in the rafters of the, of the church. There was no running water. Outhouses. Do I need to say more? We had some people that showered. You know how they showered? They went into this little closet area, 
and they dumped, ducked water with a little bucket and they poured it over their head. Uh-uh. I waited till I got a shower. I was kind of like, you know, the King James when it was talking about um, Lazarus in the grave. I'm sure after three days, I stinketh. But it was okay. We, we made it through. We must all do our part. We've got to pray for our missionaries. We must regularly and personally and corporately give to missions. We must personalize missions. That means we must look for opportunities. Look all around you. Did you know that there are going to be opportunities at your workplace for you to be a missionary for Jesus Christ? We've got to be willing to answer the call to, to go and make disciples of all nations. Now, one of our newest missionaries is a missionary called Kevin Kapler. I've known Kevin for many, many, many years. We've got stories that we could share about one another. But I talked to Kevin several months ago, six, eight months ago. I said, hey, Kevin, what's going on? You see, he was a, a local pastor in the southeastern part of Missouri. And he said, you know, the craziest thing, God has called me to step away from pastoring. I'm like, really? What are you doing? He said, God has called me to be a missionary to our law enforcement, to those that are giving of themselves and putting themselves in harm's way every single day. He's now our very first Assemblies of God missionary dedicated to law enforcement. Let's take just a moment and hear from Kevin. Kepler, married to my wife Sharon for 34 years and I am your U.S. missionary to law enforcement chaplaincy. I'm a Missouri Post certified peace officer serving in the Farmington area for our city police department as well as the St. Francis County Ambulance District. Coming alongside and serving those who serve others. Did you know that the suicide rate among law enforcement is four times the felony rate? Now simply put, that means for every 100 law enforcement lives that are taken from others, there are 400 law enforcement who are taking their own lives. I believe those statistics are overwhelming and too great. So we believe that there's a huge need to come alongside and provide spiritual care for our law enforcement and first responders. But we want to do more than that. We want to be able to take this idea to other communities. We want to be able to do three things. We want to be able to be a resource. We want to be able to recruit other chaplains. And we want to be able to equip other chaplains to do the work of this mission in their local communities. We're excited about it. We're so thankful to be able to have this opportunity to serve in this capacity. Once again, I want to say thank you, Encounter Church. Thank you for believing. Thank you for your monthly support. God bless you today, and have a great day. Amen. Isn't that awesome? I love watching when God steps in and, and changes the course and the path that he's led us on. And Kevin's heart, man, he is a dynamic guy, sold out for Jesus Christ. And, but here he is. He said, you know what? At my age, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it all. Let's be honest. At a point in time when some guys are thinking, man, I'm getting close to retirement. I'm not too far out from this. Kevin said, no, I've got to change because God's laying upon my heart to make an impact upon the law enforcement in our area. In fact, we've already talked to Kevin about helping us develop something in this area, mainly starting in Warrensburg, of how can we invest in the law enforcement in our community. 
What can we do to make an impact? What can we do to partner with them? What can we do to share the love of Jesus Christ? Why? All for Jesus. I wanna ask Carrie and, and Tara Keys to join me this morning up here as well. Uh, Carrie and Tara, some of you know them. Come on, yeah, give them a round of applause. Hey guys, I love this family. If you haven't gotten to know them yet, make sure that you, you catch them in the lobby. Uh, Carrie's work schedule kind of doesn't allow him to be here a whole lot. He, he's a paramedic, um, so by trade, and he's done that for many, many years. Um, and right now, they're itinerating. What does that mean? It's a big word. That means that um, they're going from church to church, raising support because something happened a couple of years ago in your life. We were on this missions trip, right? And some of you have heard this story, but every morning we would separate ourselves and spend a time in prayer and devotion, and then we gather back together, we kind of share what God did that morning, and you shared something that happened in that prayer time. What happened on that mission trip? Well, um, you told us to go off by ourselves. I always emphasize that. Um, and you were disobedient. She was disobedient. She was disobedient. So, so we kind of split <laughs> off, and I remember it was kind of raining, and, and uh, we were just, you know, just praying alone, just kind of having that uh, alone time. And uh, I, just, I just really felt the Spirit moving and speaking to me. And um, then I felt this little touch on my back. That was when she broke the rules instead of <laughs> doing the separate prayer time. So she, kind of an Adam she, and Eve moment. I guess. It's that woman you yeah. gave me. Okay. I see how that works. I didn't say it. Let's go on. <laughs> um, and um, it was the Holy Spirit moved on us at that moment in such a profound way. The only, the only way I can describe it just to the common thought process is um, like when you're watching a football game and they take that big old cooler full of ice water and they go up behind mm -hmm. the coach and dump it. That's what it felt like. I mean, it was wow. that profound of a of just a just a I don't know. It was just such a heaviness of the Holy Spirit, and we both felt it at the same time. Um, it's it's hard to keep our eyes. I mean, we've told this a thousand times, and it's hard to keep our eyes dry when we talk about it because it it was so real, and we. I don't want to take too much time on one question here, but we both felt a calling to the mission field as teenagers. And we had talked about that earlier in our lives. And then life just kind of picked up and took off. And it, it just almost seemed like that was just a, you know, a, a passing idea of the past. And it was the trip to Belize a few, couple years before Honduras that it's like we felt a rekindling of that thought process, but not the command to go at that point. And then that, that moment, that specific moment in Honduras, God said, pick your stuff up and go. <laughs> so let me put this in perspective for you. This wasn't one of those situations where we were on the beach and the, the blue, clear water was coming up and, and this nice, white, sandy beach, and it was beautiful environment and everything was great. This was on the side of a hill. We have just traveled, what, two and a half, 
mile, two and a half hours down a river. In, in well, we'd been on gravel for hours, and then got in the boats and went down the river for. A and nasty hours. muddy water yeah. splashing up in your face. Okay, and then we get to our place, and they're saying this is where you're going to be for three days, and we had to hike up the side of a cliff, right? <laughs> Pretty much. And we had to carry our stuff up there, and then we get up there, and there's no running water whatsoever. And by the way, this is the couple that took the shower. I was going to say, it may have had something to do with taking the shower in that river water, but it was the most refreshing shower I ever had in my life. Just so you know, you missed out. Not today. <laughs> Not today. See, there's a reason why God called them to the mission field and me to Sedalia. Praise God. Praise God. So... Why is, why is missions important? Why, why did you have this stirring? Why would God kind of wrap himself around that moment? Why not? I mean, you were having, you're, you're effective in, as a paramedic. You have opportunities now to encourage people and pray with people. Why, why missions? You, you know, I think it's just a lot of things that came together at once. Um, I, I began to feel... Uh, about the time we started coming to church here, I really felt God stirring that he was going to do something big in our lives, something new. And I, I just kind of felt that, that, that um, the career in emergency medical services was kind of winding to an end for me. Um, and I just, God was stirring something. I, I would sometimes, I'd come home from work and just sit in the driveway in my car and just pray, God, I know you've got something else for me. Just give me a glimpse, you know. And just went through a process there of just almost, like dead silence, you know? And I think sometimes God gives us that dead silence just so that we will push and push and push. Maybe he just wants to see, sure. you know, how much we really want it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I did. I, I begged and I pleaded. And I don't know if you remember, I think I may have mentioned this again before, but I think we were right back here by the doors and we were getting ready to go on that trip to Honduras. And God had just been telling me, I'm going to do something big yeah. on this trip. Yeah. And I went to you, and I even went to somebody at work, uh, a, a, a Christian that, that I work with, and said, God's going to do something big on this trip. Now, I didn't know if he's, you know, just is going to be a big healing service or, you know, I, I just felt like he was going to do something big. I had no idea it was going to be him calling us. But it's just like he just, he just generated this energy in our lives. And, um, you know, I, I, really, I really just started to feel like... Um, Something you said earlier in, in this service, um, it just made me think, you know, we, for so long the church has, has pretty much had it wrong, and, and we, we show up to get fed, and that's not what he said to do. He right. said, go feed, <laughs> feed yeah. my sheep, you know, go into all the world and make disciples, and I, I mean, I, I'm guilty. I, I wasn't doing any of that. I was, I was coming, and with my job, not even, not even as, you know, regularly as every Sunday, I, I was just coming and, and kind of getting fed, and God just, he just flipped a switch and, and said, it's, it's time for you to do your part. Yeah, so, you have anything to add? <laughs> she just, for me, the cool, part of, pretty. <laughs> the cool part of this story is when, when Carrie went up, he was going to give a little thought that morning, and right before he began to speak to all of us, God said to me, he's going to the ministry. And I was like, hmm, all right, so I'll just kind of hold on to that. And then it wasn't four seconds later, he's like, uh, Tara and I are going to go on the mission field. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. But I love how God confirmed that in the moment. I was able to walk up to Carrie and Tara right after and say, hey, just so you know, this is confirmed because God just spoke that to my heart as well. So you were seeking God. You were calling out to God, God, where are we headed? Where are we going? And he's landed you in Bolivia. 
why Bolivia, and then what does that look like? What are you going to do there? Um, I, By the no, way, I, anybody I, know where Bolivia is? It's the belly button of South America. There you go. It's by the belly button. I don't even know what that means. We're going to say, okay. We're, we're going to say, okay. Know. I don't if know. If you look at a map of South America, it's, it's, if you imagine the belly button, that would, that would kind of be where, you know, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I am going to go to a map this afternoon and find the belly button. All right. Anyway, Bolivia, anyway, the belly button. You're uh, there. Don't know exactly... Um, how or why God opened that door, uh, we, just, we just began to look. After Honduras, I mean, we kind of had it in our minds that maybe we would go back to Honduras, but that's just because that's what was kind of fresh in our minds. But I just kept telling Tara, I don't know that God's going to take us to Honduras. We've got to keep our, our minds open and not try to make that decision for God, you sure. know, and uh, talked to several missionaries, um, some that were in Honduras, and kind of determined that, you know, probably the way the itineration goes, by the time we had raised our funds and been able to go to Honduras, they would be coming back to do their itineration. So that wouldn't work out. And we just kept looking. And I looked on the, um, the Assemblies of God has a Latin America Caribbean um, site where you can see who's asking for missionary associates, which we're going as missionary associates to begin with, um, to, to be mentored by other missionaries. And it was, there was one in Bolivia. Um, and so we just kind of put the feelers out, and then we did a Zoom meeting, and it, was, it just clicked. So I'll let her speak about what we're going to be doing there. So we're going to Cochabamba, Bolivia, and the place where we're going to be working um, primarily is called the Bolivian Hope Center, and it's a home for children. In Bolivia, whenever adults go to prison, if they don't have something to do with their kids, then their kids go to prison with them. And the prison system there is not like here. Um, you have to like buy a spot where you can sleep, and you have to buy your meals. I think I don't know all of the details there, but it's not comfortable at all. The kids are lucky to sleep on a concrete floor and maybe get a meal every few days. And so um, some people saw a need to help uh, the kids in that position, and so they built the Bolivian Hope Center. It's, and then there's also a Home of Hope, and they are able to bring 36 kids to live full-time um, in, in the home where they can get education and food and love and a bed. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> and then they also are able to take little kids under the age of five from the prison daily, um, kind of like a daycare, so they can get them out of the prison for a while, but then they go back to their moms for the night or for the weekend. Um, and then they also feed 700 meals to neighborhood street children because in Bolivia, there are three kids that are abandoned daily by their parents, like abandoned, ages six and under. Three kids daily, just in Cochabamba alone, not, not in the whole South America, but in Cochabamba. So we're going to be working there um, the, the missionaries that are there are going to be mentoring us, but because we're going to be there as well, now since there's going to be a team, um, that family and our family, there's going to be opportunities for um, outreach to indigenous people. Awesome. And so um, that's kind of where my heart like really, really is, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to be involved in that part of it or not, but for now we're going to go love on the kids and then do outreach and... That's it. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So what can we as a church, what can we as Encounter Church do to support you all? Now, we financially have supported you before you even became AG missionaries. I mean, I think it was like the month after we came back and you're like, we're going to be missionaries. We started supporting them. We started putting monies back. Why? Because we believe in missions. 
We believe in the Keys family. We believe that, that God's going to use them greatly. But beyond that, what can we as a church do for not only you all as missionaries, but for missionaries in general? I, th- I think the, 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 biggest, um, the biggest thing people can do is, is pray. I mean, there's, there's spiritual warfare. And if you, if you don't believe there is, then start adding missionaries to your Facebook page. Hmm. Um, does anybody here follow the Paris family, Sam Paris? I mean, we support them as a church. Get on Facebook and follow them. That family is so cool. But you see the things that God is doing in Papua New Guinea. Um, I mean, they're out there on the island of Tana, out in the middle of the jungle. Um, but follow people like that, and you'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, the, he showed his dress shoes on Facebook this week. The rats got a hold of them. Their rats must be the size of a chihuahua, because I'm telling you, they ate his shoes up. Um, but it's, I mean... Get in touch with these missionaries, uh, especially the ones that are in the field, um, and, and see what's, what's going on in their lives and, and pray for them. Intercede for them. Not just a, a quick prayer, but, I mean, pick, pick a family and, and just have some, have some intercession time and pray for these families and, and, and pray for us and, and people like us that are going to the field. You know, I pray every day, God, prepare Bolivia for us and pr- prepare us for Bolivia. Um, and I think God's doing that with this whole COVID crisis. Um, I know that um, we, we get, we're on some, um, like some WhatsApp message groups and stuff with other missionaries in Bolivia, and they have lost so many national assemblies of God pastors to COVID. I mean, people my age just, just and, I, and I don't know if it's a, if it's a hygiene and health kind of thing, why it's hitting, you know, them, it seems to be so much harder. Um, and, and that's probably in a lot of third world countries and everything. Um, but I mean, it's, it's devastating, but I think, I think God, it, it's, I really believe that, um, that in this part of the end times, there's going to be a major revival and I, Absolutely. and I want to be a yeah. part of that. Absolutely. And I think that he's using things like that. Um, not that he brought on the COVID thing, you know, but he, God can use anything to reach people. Absolutely. And he can use any body to reach Absolutely. people. So all for Jesus, all for Jesus, all for Jesus. Well, I want to pray for you all real quick. You're, you're planning on getting on the field by when, what's your goal? Our goal is to be in language school starting in August. Okay. So you have two different budgets to raise. You've got your cash budget and your monthly support budget. Where do you stand on those? Cash budget is about 40% and the monthly budget is about 20. Okay. So there's a lot of work to do between to do. Now, now and August. But how do you know that God can do it? Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Let's pray that God will provide, that Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider, that God will go before you, prepare them, but prepare you, but also that God will open up doors that you never imagined would be opened. Can we, can we pray for the Keys family? Let's pray. God, we call out to you right now. Lord, threefold prayer. First off, God, that you'll provide. Lord, there's a lot to get done in this budget. Lord, the cash budget and the monthly support budget, Lord, they need you to step in. Lord, I pray that they'll begin to have phone calls from churches and pastors and individuals and ministries that people say, you know what? I wanna partner with this. I believe that God is working in the Keys family for this time, for this season, for this moment. And Lord, that you'll provide the financial support that they need. Lord, I also pray, God, that you will protect them. 
Lord, that you will lead them and guide them, prepare their hearts, prepare those in Bolivia. Lord, that as they connect together, as, as the Keys family, the entire family, as they head to, to Bolivia, God, that you will have already opened up doors and paved ways, Lord, that doors would open up that they never imagined would open. Maybe it was just a dream, a thought that they thought maybe one day, but Lord, you're going to swing that door wide open. God, I believe I believe, Lord, that you have great and mighty things in store for the keys. Lord, give them a double portion of you. God, give them a double portion of your anointing, of your grace, of your mercy, of your strength, of your provision. Lord, pour out your spirit upon them right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, give the keys family a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Amen. And I'm excited. I believe that God's got some awesome things in store. Um, statistics tell us that worldwide, there are approximately 5.4 billion people that are lost, spiritually lost, without Jesus. That's about a little over two-thirds of the population of our world that has no connection whatsoever with Jesus. Now, I'm also told that of this complete a population that 53.3 million people die every year. Let's break that down just a little bit. That's 151,500 people die every day. That's 6,313 people that die every hour. That's, that's 105 people that die every minute. Now, if we break it down even further, two-thirds of that, about 70 people every minute split the gates of hell wide open. That should cause a stirring in our hearts. What are we going to do? What can we do to spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ with this broken world to reach everyone for Jesus? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14 says this, for everyone, look at your neighbor and say everyone, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good news. Every person that says, Lord, I need you. In that moment, as they commit themselves to him, the Bible said, if you confess your sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you of all the wrong, all the unrighteousness in your life. That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but listen to this. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How can they believe, how can they hear unless somebody tells them. Ask you a question this morning. Has Jesus saved your soul? Has he changed your life? Then you need to share that. Has he delivered you? 
You need to share that. Has he set you free? You need to share that. I could go on and on, but I think you get the point. It's time for the people of God to stop sitting back. It's time for us to stop sitting in our seat, quietly reserved, but it's time for us to get up and go and be missions for the kingdom of God. We must all, we must do all that we can to reach all people by doing all that he has commanded. It's not enough just to give your life to Jesus at an altar. Yes, that'll get you to heaven. That's the door opening, but that's stepping out of the gates. We are called to run the race. We are called to finish the race. We are called to fight the good fights. It starts by simply saying yes to Jesus. We have some work to do. We can each come up with reasons today, a myriad of reasons why we can't get involved. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I don't have anything to offer. God hasn't called me. God hasn't equipped me. I'm here to tell you that God has set you up for such a time as this. God has a reason for your existence today. The Bible says that he knew you while you were being formed in your mama's belly. That he breathed life into you. I believe God saw today, he saw you, and he said this is the perfect fit. I've got a role for them. The Bible is very clear that unless somebody tells them, they will never have an opportunity to know of his saving grace of his joy unspeakable and full of glory, of his ever-present mercy. Next week, I'm gonna give you an opportunity, as I've shared a couple of times, to make a faith promise, to say, you know what, I'm willing to make a commitment for one year to give to missions. Now, I know maybe you're new to Encounter Church. We don't talk about money a whole lot. I'm just gonna be real. We don't. We take up our offering every week, but we really don't dive into this. I talked about it a little bit last week because it kind of fit in the series with Nehemiah. But these two weeks, this is the time that we really talk about it. Why? Because this is our opportunity to partner with God to reach the lost. It was Jerry Burgess in the Pentecostal Evangel Magazine that once wrote this. In a spiritual sense, missionaries are sent by God. The Keys family, they shared that just a moment ago. They were, they were on the side of this bluff overlooking the river, and, and God in his abundance poured out his spirit. So in a spiritual sense, God speaks into our lives, and he calls missionaries. They're sent by God in a practical sense. Come on, look at this. This is important. In a practical sense, they are sent by laypersons. What does that mean? Us. That, that's who we are. They are sent by laypersons, us, with a vision for missions. We have God, we have missionaries, and we have laypersons. Remove any one of these three factors and effective missions work will no longer exist. Without God, we're just spinning our wheels. Without mission, missionaries, who's gonna go? Without us partnering together with our missionaries, 
how are they going to get there? Yes, I want to challenge you. Make a commitment, a threefold commitment. Pray. God, what role would you have me to play? But in that prayer, remember, prayer is not just a one-sided conversation. It's a two-sided. So there are going to be moments in that prayer, just as Carrie and Tara were talking, that, that God began to speak to their hearts. Now that scares some of you. Some of you are like, but is he going to call me to the remote tribe of Africa? I don't know. There was a a song back in the 80s that said, please don't send me to Africa. I don't think I'm quite ready yet. Man, we're never ready. The question is, are you available? That's that's the kicker right there. Are you available? What role is God going to use in your life? Maybe you're to be a prayer warrior for our missionaries. Maybe you're to give financially. Maybe you're to go. And missions, as you can see on our wall, it encompasses all things. And we got missionaries doing about everything. I mean, they're all over the place. Missionaries to bikers. Any bikers in the house? None of you? That's the craziest thing ever. And we have missionaries that reach all sorts of people. But be praying. What would God have you to do so that we can reach all people, no matter where, no matter who, we can reach all for Jesus? Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, Lord, speak into our lives. Lord, we need your help. We need you to step in. Right now, God, we make ourselves available to you. Whatever that looks like, whether that's prayer, whether that's financial support, whether that's going, we make ourselves available to you today. All for Jesus. Speak to us today, God. In Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. You talked about how will they know unless they've heard, how will they believe unless someone has told them. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus loves you. Jesus sees where you are. He sees your brokenness. He sees your hurt. He wants to step into your life. You're here today, and you say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life, but today I want to accept him as my Lord and Savior. If that is you, would you raise your hand all across the house? Is that you? If God's speaking to your heart, don't hesitate. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to partner with you and walk beside you. Is that you today? Second question, is this you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to make myself available to God. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know exactly what role I'm to play, but I just want to be available. Lord, whatever you have. If that is you, 
Would you raise your hand? Yeah, I've got hands going up all over the room today. Would you stand with me today? I want to pray just a blanket prayer across the room today. And then we're going to spend just a moment in, in a worship course. And if I can have just a couple of my prayer partners come forward at this moment. If you've got a prayer need and you need prayer, as we sing this final song today, I'm going to ask you to leave your seat and come find one of these prayer partners. But let me pray for every one of you. God, here we are. Well, the good news is we don't have to have the answers because you already have it. So Lord, I pray right now that you will speak into our hearts, that you will speak into our lives, that you will help us as we make ourselves available to you. Lord, help us, God, to have the boldness and the courage to obediently follow after you. Immediate obedience. Lord, whatever that looks like, I pray that you'll stir in our hearts this week, that as we take these faith promise cards, you'll help us to pray. Lord, that you will help us to open up. Lord, that you will help us to be willing to do whatever that looks like, whatever you have in store. Lord, speak into our hearts right now. In Jesus' name.